Social Daily, the Premier League podcast. This is Football Social Daily, the podcast keeping you on top of all of the big Premier League news and opinion. You can be notified every time a new episode's released by hitting subscribe. And it's not long to go now until the start of the new Premier League campaign. And this season, Liverpool will be looking to return to the top four. It was a disappointing 2022-23 for the Reds as they missed out on a Champions League place. But can Jurgen Klopp get his side back competing for the title again this term? There have been some big changes at Anfield this summer as Liverpool have waved goodbye to some of the players who have made them so successful. Is that fresh blood in the squad though hungry enough to get the Reds back to where they belong? And how do the Liverpool supporters see the summer so far? Well, let's find out the answer to that as joining us on FSD now is Gav from the LFC Day Trippers podcast. Good to see you, Gav. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Noel. How are you? I'm very well, mate. And I'm actually quite excited to talk about Liverpool because I think it's been a really interesting summer. There have been so many high-profile players that have left, not least the captain, Jordan Henderson. He's gone after 12 years what a servant he's been, a great captain as well. He's won so much with the club, including the Premier League and the Champions League. Was it time to move on, though? Many would argue yes. Um, my argument will be no. And I know he splits opinion massively in, in the fan base. Um, the thing with Jordan Henderson is, is that, you know, he's he's at the club 12 years. I think he's he might be seven, eight years as the, as the captain. Like you said, he's captain of the Champions League. Um, the league, FA Cups, League Cups, World Club Cups, all this sort of stuff. And, you know, Liverpool needed a bit of a revolution in midfield. My argument over Jordan Henderson would be that he would stay, but he would be in a, like, play in a reduced capacity. A little bit like James Milner. You know, um, I've been championing the whole idea that Liverpool need to find some sort of rank in this midfield um, over the summer by bringing in fresh blood. Um, but also looking at what's there, how how often they're available, age, um, miles in the legs, all that sort of thing. And Jordan Henderson kind of fell into the category where I don't think he'd be starting every week for Liverpool, but he would be there as as a decent backup. Um, you know, like I said, he splits opinion massively, but you, you need experience like this in squads. You know, and Liverpool are going to have this thrown at them now. Um, in the next couple of weeks, when people are making predictions on Premier League, saying how much experience have they got there, because Currently, what you look at is Thiago, who's massively experienced, but has found it difficult with uh, injuries. You have Harvey Elliott, you have Curtis Jones. Um, Curtis Jones is a bit of experience in the squad, but still quite young. Harvey Elliott, the same. Um, Bojcetic, very, very young, though impressed last season when you see them. And Sabozloy and McAllister, a World Cup winner, Hungarian captain, they're still new players. So you're going to have this trauma at Liverpool where have they got the experience, you know? Um, and I think losing Henderson and probably even more so Fabinho um, for the amount of games he's played is a big issue for Liverpool. Let's not beat around here. It's a big issue for Liverpool and something they need to sort in the next month. I think that's a really good point, Gav, because we've been saying for ages that Liverpool need to regenerate the midfield, but... I mean, to lose three of your most experienced midfielders in Milner, Henderson and Fabinho does leave a bit of a hole. So from your perspective, are you concerned that that experience is going to be hard to replace, like you just said? Or will it be all right because Virgil van Dijk, Robertson, Trent Alexander-Arnold, they're now going to have to step up and become those senior players? Jürgen Klopp has spoken about it. You know, without, without 
coming out and saying, you know, we've lost these two players, other players need to step up. He has said, you know, um, we're in this squad. And it's happened before where other players, when, when people leave, other players step up, whether that's on the pitch and impact or around the squad, looking after the squad off the pitch and stuff like that. Because that's a massive thing as a captain. And Virgil van Dijk's going to find that out very quickly. But look... Liverpool did need something to happen in midfield. We knew Milner was going. We knew Oxlade-Chamberlain was going. We knew Keita was going. And three weeks ago, we sat here and most Liverpool fans looked and went, look, those three left. We've brought in Sobosloy and we've brought in McAllister. That's a good swap for them three that have gone out the door. You know, in terms of the age profile, the quality, the impact they've made and the availability they'll have. So that was absolutely fine. Jurgen Klopp was... was talking the talk, saying, look, we do need to bring in more players. And everyone was so comfortable three weeks ago with the two that have come in. We'll probably add one more in midfield, which would have left us around eight, nine midfielders. And we'd probably do a defender. Now, the stuff that's going on with Henderson and Fabinho, both from the blue a little bit. Um, they've both gone. And now it's more or less brought the transition in midfield probably forward a year. Because my, my argument on it is, is that if you bring in another midfielder this summer on top of the two that have come in, you're still having this conversation in 12 months' time. You're still having a conversation where you're saying, Henderson, Thiago, Fabinho, what are we doing? Now, that's being, that's being cut off now. You know, that's, we're not having that conversation next summer. But we need, to, we need to make sure we're not having it next summer by doing stuff in the next, in the next three or four weeks. Players will stand up. You know, Alisson is a leader. A masterstroke putting Trent as, as vice captain. He needed it. He definitely needed it. And he probably sees himself as, as club captain in, I would I would suggest, two years. Van Dijk, not the best season last season, but this kind of says to him, listen, we need you more than ever now. Um, you look at Salah, he's the captain of his country. Sobosloy is the captain of his country. Uh, McAllister plays a huge part in Argentina. Thiago is massive. There's loads there that can stand up and be leaders in this team. And some you mightn't expect. Robertson is a Scot the Scotland captain, so... It's not like we're low on experience or leaders. It's just that we've lost an awful lot in one area. And it might, it might come back to bite us, but it could be a bit of a blessing in disguise as well. I think that midfield conundrum is interesting as well, because as you say, maybe there are more gaps to fill than Jurgen Klopp was anticipating, or even the fans were anticipating a couple of weeks ago. Do you think that's more attractive to potential incomings because they know that there are spots available they say right this is a really good opportunity for me to stake a claim to become a, a starting central midfield player for Liverpool yeah absolutely I think when we like I said when, when we're when we're plotting what Liverpool may do in the summer and I, I go back to three weeks ago everybody was saying to themselves you know Fabinho by Cetic and you bring one in in that base you look at Elliot and you look at Sobosloy on one side maybe Henderson does a bit of covering there and you look at Thiago Jones and McAllister on the other side of this tree and you're going that's loads of options now if you're trying to bring in say a Romeo Lavia who's in the in the news right now Romeo Lavia is probably looking going okay I can go in there Fabinho's still going to play most of the games they highly rate Bojcetic what am I going in here for and he probably felt like he was going into the club into the club and his footing within this squad will probably only be felt in a year's time when we're having that conversation around Fabinho. All that's changed now. And I've been slaughtered a little bit <laughs> by our listeners and our viewers by saying, I bring in Romeo Lavia tomorrow and I start him. I start him immediately and I play him. A lot of people want to bring in another um, you know, specialised six with a bit more experience. 
and you bring him in and Lavia kind of becomes a project that hurts by Chetich. So it's it's a it's a balancing act Liverpool have. But if I'm Romeo Lavia or if I'm a Kefran Toro um, or anybody like that, I'm thinking to myself, I was probably going in there to find my way for a year, but now I can actually go in and establish myself. And I think if Romeo Lavia happens, I think he's going to become very established very very quickly. I just wonder who you find the most exciting signing because there's some really good names there. You mentioned Savoslai who's a Hungarian captain and has looked really good in Europe when he's played. McAllister won the World Cup with Argentina and Lavi is a really exciting young talent who you've just referred to. So of the players that are in already or could potentially arrive, who who is it that excites you the most that you think could make the biggest difference? I think as I, if, if Lavia comes in, I, I really like the look of him. I think um, Fabinho at his peak was a, was a massive presence in that Liverpool midfield. He, he was very hard to press. He was much better on the ball than people gave him credit for. Um, back to, it was back to play. He was excellent. Um, a good range of passing. Lavia looks to me, and people are saying he's 19 and he's, or he's 20 or whatever age he is, and people are saying, can you put it all on him? If you put enough good people around him, you can. And I'm really excited by that. Um, I'm trying my best to answer this question because I'm really excited by them all, to be honest. But <laughs> Sabah's lie just looks like he looks like a real unit. He looks like he looks like someone that has loads of energy, but he has an authority about him as well. And he's not a, he's he's not afraid to dictate um, where he wants players. He's not afraid to move around and, and try to dictate play. Has a good shot on him, known for plenty of assists. Um, he's really exciting. But if I was to pick one out of the three, it's McAllister. I think, and I've said this loads of times, and, and you know. You'll get a lot of people out there that claim to watch McAllister since he's about 15. I didn't. I, I knew of Alexis McAllister and really start watching him in the World Cup. That's being honest. And the amount of work he got through with Rodrigo de Paul to allow Messi and Enzo Fernandez um, to allow Messi to go and do his thing in that World Cup. Um, I don't think it's underplayed, but I don't think it's I don't think it's overplayed enough. Um, he, he was excellent in every aspect of his game in that World Cup. And that's where I kind of stood up and went, he's a player. And then I kind of kept an eye on him um, at Brighton. And then you see different elements to him. So you see you see the creativity. He loves a free kick. He loves a penalty. Um, he likes an assist. He gets some goals. And you're kind of going, when you marry that with, with the work rate and the flexibility in his game, which Klopp loves, um, I think he's an outstanding signing. At 35 million, I think he might be the bargain of the summer. Um I really, really do. And watching him in pre-season, he works so hard, he anticipates so well, he finds pockets of space. And Liverpool, although this box midfield was was really, really good at the back end of last season, and Curtis Jones done really well at getting in the box late and stuff like that, it, it seemed a bit limited. And what I mean by that is the two eights that were there, which was usually Jones and Henderson, they played it safe an awful lot, where McAllister seems to find spots and then look to kill teams. And I know the standard of opposition over pre-season leaves a bit to be desired, but what I've seen from him so far and where he picks up space, timing of pass, weight of pass, I think he's really, really exciting for Liverpool. And at 35 million, I think it's hard to argue but it's, it's, it's not the best value for money signing this summer.
I think the key word for Liverpool at the moment is regeneration, it's fair to say. And there have been questions over Jurgen Klopp's ability to do that at clubs in the past. He struggled at Dortmund to get over that period where they were super successful and then it tailed off. You could draw some parallels, I guess, with the way Liverpool have been in the last 18 months compared to what they were three years ago. Are you worried that that might be the case now or that Jurgen Klopp might not be able to do that? I think he's earned the right to give it a go, at least, with what he's done at Liverpool. But how do you see the manager situation? Because I've seen some sections of supporters, albeit very, very small ones, question that whether he's the right man still for the club. Oh, listen, um, if people have that opinion, fair play to them. Um, my opinion is that if you keep club with this club, club as long as you can, you do that. You know, it's, again, you know, we get so much about his assistant manager writing a book and, you know, that's our downfall. And I'm like, well, um, this is a bit mad. Your club, in my opinion, is the best manager at Liverpool since Bob Paisley. All right. Um, and not only for what he's done, and, and I have to caveat that, and I always do, I think he's the best manager at Liverpool since Bob Paisley. I think the best person at Liverpool Football Club of all time is Kenny Daglish. Because when you say this, people think, what about Daglish? Daglish is the most important person at Liverpool in, in its history, in my opinion. A lot of people would say Shankly. I say I say Daglish. But, but with Klopp, we talk about captains and we talk about leaders and, and both on and off the pitch. And that's what Klopp is. Klopp's, Klopp's a, a figurehead at Liverpool. You know, we, we see managers and, and they're great managers. Um, but they're, they're just brilliant managers, they're brilliant coaches. You know, but what Klopp has done to Liverpool as a club, um, some would argue as partly as a city, um, and a, for a fan base, is just unbelievable since he arrived in 2015. Yes, we've had... He's he's built something up where between 2019 and probably 2000, and, you know, right up until last, the season before, the one just gone. Brilliant. You know, the sort of way. We had our off-season where we'd no centre-backs and stuff like that. And you couldn't really blame him on yeah, that. Yeah, even then you've got Alisson scoring headers and stuff like that. Yeah, so. yeah. So <laughs> you it's get fairly, your moments. Yeah, yeah, you do still get your moments. Last season, I think we went in a bit short. I think we went in overcooked. And I think, I think you're seeing the evidence of that from this season because it's been very kind of two games in Germany, two games in Malay- in Singapore, and then there'll be one back where we play at Preston um, at, the, at the weekend. So, you know... He's he's learned from that. I think he's learned from what's happened with midfield. He absolutely deserves the right to put another Liverpool side together. And I think you're starting to see that because people talk about McAllister, Sabah's light, maybe Lavia. But when you look at Luis Diaz, Jota to an extent, definitely Cody Gakpo. You know, we're starting to see these players. He he is turning this team over. Like when you look at the front team, we're not even mentioning um, signing a forward player this year. Because he's done Diaz, he's done Jota. Well, he's done Jota three years ago now, but Jota felt like the fourth one where he was turning over that forward line. Gakpo definitely is part of that. Luis Diaz is definitely... Darwin Nunes, you know, he's definitely done it there. At the back, I think he's worked to do. I think he would have loved him to do something at the back this summer, but maybe the midfield stuff has kind of overtaken that. And in midfield, it's probably his biggest downfall. It's probably the whole club's biggest downfall because, you know... We all we all hail them as what a team of people when we win things and when we lose things or we don't win things and we're not successful. People like to pick on one person, but it's not your club. Look, I get when we get to the end of August, if Liverpool haven't signed two midfielders, I'd be questioning Klopp because I think Klopp 
is the driving force this summer behind the transfer business. But I'm not going to sit here on the 4th of September and say he didn't sign to midfielders, he should leave the club. He's the best thing since happened <laughs> that's happened to us in such a long time. And I get the Dortmund stuff, but you have to remember at Dortmund, he was getting his best players taken off him every yeah, year. Yeah. You know, it still happens now at Dortmund, doesn't it? it yeah, it does. But at Liverpool, there's higher expectations. Um, the pressure is huge. And you have to be so clever. The model we have with the owners we have, whether you like them or you don't, you have to be clever and precise in who you bring in and who you let go. And I think Klopp has been brilliant in that. And my only worry is that the contract is only for another three seasons, I think. So you're kind of going... Is his heart in rebuilding something that he might walk away from? If you see it more of a turnover in this squad, you may see Klopp going, Do you know what? I might need another year or two here, but now I wouldn't in any way question Klopp's future at Liverpool right now. All right, all things considered then, Gav. Expectations hmm? for the season from yourself and then generally from the fan base. Liverpool are a giant, an institution of not just English football but European football. So surely the aim at the start of every season with the way that Klopp has built the club up should be to win the Premier League title. Is that what the fans are hoping for this season? Um, I went every every season wanting to win the league. Um, it, it, you know, and I, I, I completely understand people that say, you know, oh no, look, we, we finished wherever, top four, you know, get back in there and let's let's rebuild. And I completely and totally understand that. But if if you're in the top four, the chances are you're you're close enough to the top. So why not have a go? I think I think Liverpool last season let themselves down. I think in being over outworked by teams, outtaught by teams, um, a little bit of bedding in of different players. I think if they get this midfield right in the next three four weeks, and hopefully sooner than that before the Chelsea game, I think Liverpool. Are, him a real chance because I think midfield getting that right I think frees the forwards both to play the way they usually play and play with freedom last season the forwards were missing chances and they knew oh we've missed a chance they were in trouble at the other end where if you go back to Liverpool in previous seasons a forward missed a chance and they just laugh and we go listen we get another one in a few minutes um, for me yeah I'm, I'm, I want to win the league title um, but I completely understand people that say get back into top four because it's going to be a difficult season you know I don't think I think City haven't done an awful lot, but they'll always be there. Um, Arsenal have signed plenty of players, pressure on them, but they look good. Um, you don't know what's going to happen with Chelsea. Newcastle top four last year. It's a much, it's a much harder season for them coming, but again, you don't know. Um, United, Spurs, there's loads of teams there that fancy top four. Um, but if Liverpool, if Liverpool get out and get back walking like Liverpool do. Um, they'll have a good chance of whatever they want to go for. Um, but look, I could be saying this and we could be 10 points off the league <laughs> after eight games or we could be 10 points clear. You never know. But for me, you go for the league title. Um, if you end up in a race and you get top four, you look at it as progression as to where we are. But that puts more pressure on the season after. So um, I've tried again to answer that <laughs> question. But uh, from my own point of view, I go into every season want to win the title. Yeah, you've done well there, Gav. And it's been good Thank to you. have you on and uh, <laughs> for you to share your thoughts with us. Just quickly before you go, tell us about the podcast and the YouTube channel, LFC Day Trippers. You've been going for 10 years now, so what can people expect from you this season? Uh, yeah, going 10 years, YouTube channel. Um, everything we do on YouTube is available on audio, um, through Sports Social as well. Um, what can you expect? As, as many shows as we possibly can do. Um, we've kept this summer... Um, as busy as we possibly can. Um, we like to talk when there's something to talk about. 
rather than just talking for the sake of it. Um, every day then. <laughs> yeah, because, <laughs> Pretty yeah, much. because yeah, something happens every day with Liverpool. But when the season starts, you will get you will get match previews, you'll get immediate match reaction. Um, we, we talk general football during the week, general Liverpool stuff that's going on. We usually cover five to six out of the seven days of the week. Of course, with Liverpool being in Europe, um, that adds an extra, you know, when, when we have European football, Champions League, Europa League this year, um, you will get midweek stuff as that comes on. So every game will be covered, but before the game, immediate match, match reaction. Sunday nights is all about what happened at the weekend and, and, and a bit of laugh, but we, we're no experts in football. I'm telling you that now before anyone decides to come on. We aren't experts in football. We don't pretend to be. Um, we come on, we give our opinion, um, we have a laugh doing it. We respect each other. We have a great um, live um, comment section on YouTube, which is which is brilliant. And we have plenty of people that download. So when this season comes about, if you want to watch it live, you want to watch it back, or you want to listen on audio, yeah, you'll, we, we'll give you as much as we possibly can. Yeah, go and hit subscribe on the LFC Day Trippers podcast and, of course, on the YouTube channel as well. If you're a big red and you haven't checked that out yet, you need to do it. Also, is your passport in date? <laughs> you're probably going to need it. <laughs> yeah, my passport is in date because when, when the fixtures come out, I'm, I'm usually checking Liverpool and I'm checking first games of seasons, last game of seasons, when what's on around different times. We, as a group... Um, try to go over to as many games as we possibly can whether that's one of us over one weekend or a couple over a different weekend so um, yeah the passport's in date till 2026 I checked I, I literally only checked that um, last <laughs> night when I was checking in for a flight um, but no it's in date um, there will be plenty of movement this season and um, God knows where we could end up um, with this Europa League it could be anywhere part of the fun I suppose yeah. top man Gav thanks for your time really appreciate it as I say don't forget to check out the LFC Day Trippers uh, wherever you get your podcasts and indeed on YouTube as well and don't forget to hit subscribe to Football Social Daily we'll be back tomorrow with all of the latest Premier League chance for news so hit subscribe and you won't miss it but from us that is it catch you next time Football Social Daily is a voice work sport production for the Sports Social Podcast Network